Heavenly Father, it is so wonderful, so amazing, uh, Lord, how you have come into our lives, Father. How you have sought us out and drawn us into a relationship with you, Father. How you have blessed us with your spirit and blessed us with your forgiveness and your mercy and your love. Father, we are here today because of what you have done. But Father, we also yearn to be a part of that now. We are a part of your kingdom. And we pray that you would continue to use us to bring that same love and mercy and forgiveness to others as we share with them uh, the love of Christ. Father, help us to do that, not just this day, not just on Sundays, Lord, but every day. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. Uh, We're continuing in our series, uh, Victory, as we go through Paul's letter to the Romans. And uh, our reading for this morning comes to us from Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 13. So if you want to go ahead and uh, uh, take your Bibles out and read along with us, that'd be great. So Romans chapter 9, uh, starting at verse 1. If anyone has a, if you find it and have the page number, shout it out. So, what? Ah, uh, so we did get some new Bibles. Um, so yeah, there may be a little bit of a difference there, but yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, Romans chapter 9, starting at verse 1. I speak the truth of Christ, in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. Um, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption to sonship. Theirs the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs. And from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. It is not as though God's word had failed. Uh, For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. Nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time, I will return, and Sarah will have a son. Not only that, but Rebekah's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. Yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls, she was told the older will serve the younger. Just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, so, quick question, and I know I, we're kind of split as a congregation on this, uh, but uh, who are the Gators fans in the house today? 
All right, there we go. That's right. I see some orange and blue actually sitting right out there. Uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, my wife and I are too. My wife, uh, she got her master's degree from UF. And so, uh, so we sort of became uh, Florida Gator fans after that. And that was uh, a back when, when we first were becoming fans. Uh, that was back when they were winning basketball championships. And that was when Tebow was there. And it was, you know, uh, and we, were, we were winning all our football games. It was great. Uh, and I remember, uh, I remember back then um, when we were rather, still rather new to it, uh, I was, they had this thing called the Gator Nation. Have you heard of that? And so this, I guess, is, is kind of made up of all the fans and, and students and people that have gone there and people that love the school. And so they had this kind of cool commercial, I remember, uh, where it was people kind of spread all over. They had more than one. Uh, but there were people spread all over. And I remember one, I think the setting was like New York City or something. And there was a woman... <clears throat> she was like getting out of a cab or something, and the guy that was taking the cab that she was exiting had a, like a, a UF logo on his briefcase or something. And she noticed it, and she looks up at him, and then and she says, "Go Gators!" And they kind of have that little connecting moment, right? And then she's walking down the street, and she's got like a little Gator pin on her lapel, and someone else is like walking by and notices it and looks up at her and says the same thing. They kind of make eye contact for a second, and they're like, "Go Gators!" You know. And it was kind of this cool thing showing that, like, if you were a Gator fan or if you had gone to UF, you were part of something that was kind of bigger, uh, part of this Gator nation, you know, that was spread all over the country where you might run into someone and you would immediately have that kind of connection. And I like that because I think that's a little bit what we're talking about today, uh, being a, a part of something that is bigger than ourselves. If you, uh, you know, this text, as we were reading through it, uh, you might have thought, this is kind of odd. I wonder where, I wonder where we're going to go with this today. Uh, and uh, I will confess, this is one of those things, you know, we kind of have this series all planned out ahead of time. And so when I got to this and I was looking at what was upcoming this week, I almost skipped it. <laughs> I almost went to the next one. Uh, a little easier to preach about. Uh, but this, I thought there was something worth getting out of this. There is something here. Now, of course, in a Bible study, it's a different story, right? We can go through God's word and dig. But here today, usually, we, there's something we want to take away from this. And as I started to study this more and dig a little deeper, I realized that this is really the one thing that we can take away from this passage, that we are a part of something bigger than just ourselves. And I think that's something that we often need to be reminded of especially in this day and age, especially in this place and this culture that we live in, where so often we get focused on ourselves and our own lives, even when it comes to our Christian faith. Even when it comes to our Christian faith. Think about how often we use terms like this, right? A personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, of course, we should have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We should know him intimately and be known by him. Uh, however, so many times we take something like that and we begin to think of it rather than its intended meaning of personal as being something more along the lines of individual. As if it's just about us. Just about us being in a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God and no one else. Uh, I remember when I was first coming out of seminary, uh, I, I bought this little Bible. Uh, it actually wasn't even a whole Bible. It was just like the Psalms and the New Testament. 
And the reason I bought it was because I thought, you know, here I'm going to be going out. I was brand new. I didn't know what I was doing. And not like today, folks. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I, I bought <laughs> a little sarcasm there. Uh, so I bought this Bible because it was kind of organized along like different needs people had and, and how it would direct you right to those scriptures. So like uh, if you were worried or something, you could look up worry in this little Bible and it would take you to a passage that talked about anxiety or worrying. You know, it would talk about Jesus saying, don't be anxious about anything. Uh, you know, your father knows what you need, that sort of thing. Or if you were uh, sick, you could look up uh, that and it would take you to verses about healing. Or if you were angry, you could look up that and it would take you to verses about forgiveness or something like that, and that's all how it was laid out. And now that actually can be very helpful, right? Uh, there are times when, when we need that kind of comfort from Scripture, where we have something going on in our life, and we want to address it. But also, um, it kind of stands as an example of uh, what can go wrong, too. Because sometimes, uh, or at least the temptation might be, to begin to view our relationship with God as only that. As only being about us having a need or us having a problem and going to God to get that need met and, or to get that problem fixed. And then once that's fixed, we're done and we go back to our lives. And we don't go back to God again until the next need arises or the next problem occurs that we need to get fixed. And so we find ourselves in this situation where we start to view God as only being about meeting our needs. Just the things that we have going on in our life. And the temptation can be to begin to view God as like a, like a genie in a lamp. And we rub the lamp three times and the genie appears and grants us a wish and then goes back in the lamp until we need him again. I saw, this is, I think, something that a lot of people think about. Uh, just even this past week, it, I saw it coming up a couple times in different things. I saw um, a satirical article uh, about, you know, uh, it's from the Babylon Bee, if you guys are familiar, free plug for them. Um, and uh, it had this, you know, it's a fake article, and uh, kind of referencing the idea of when, when that idea of accepting Jesus as your personal savior, right? The, except the headline for this said, man accepts Jesus as personal butler. <laughs> and then the quote, the quote from the guy was, I'm looking forward to getting everything that I want, you know? And then I saw this other little comic strip, and the guy, it was a man praying to Jesus. And he was saying something along the lines of this. He was saying, uh, Dear Jesus, I think I've laid out my case pretty well for why you should answer this prayer. Uh, and so thank you in advance for giving me what I prayed for. And that sometimes is how we treat our relationship with God. Uh, and when we do we actually start to kind of reverse the roles that we're in. And instead of seeing ourselves as people that have been called to serve in God's kingdom, we begin to see God as someone that we have called to serve in our little kingdom. That we relegate God to just being about, uh, just coming into our lives and meeting the needs that we have in our life. And we miss out on that idea that we are a part of something greater. And we miss out 
on the blessings that come from realizing that we are a part of something greater. That is the message that we can take out of this passage today. Uh, You might not notice it at first. It seems like uh, the Apostle Paul is speaking about something that is kind of rather personal to him, and it is. He's talking about his own people, the Jewish people. And just to give you a little background, uh, what's going on here is about five years prior to this, uh, the the Caesar at that time, the, the ruler of Rome, had expelled all the Jews from Rome, had kicked them out. Not of the whole Roman Empire, but just of the city. The city had been experiencing some unrest, and so kind of looking for a scapegoat, they chose the Jewish people, and they expelled them from Rome. And so the church that the Apostle Paul is writing to is mostly a Gentile church. Despite the fact that at this time Christianity was still seen as kind of a Jewish religion. The church, mostly Gentiles. And now here, about five years later, that old Caesar had died, and with him, that edict expelling the Jews, and so they were able to begin returning to the city. And so a question was arising for the church there. How were they going to deal with uh, these Jewish people that were coming back? How were they going to see themselves in light of these Jewish people coming back? Were they going to become a part of the church? Uh, Was the church going to become a part of the synagogue? How were they going to deal with this? And so the Apostle Paul uh, spends uh, quite a bit of time, actually, throughout the letter to the Romans, talking about the Jewish people. And so here, uh, it starts in verse 1. He says, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Clearly, this is personal for Paul. Uh, And his heart is breaking over the fact that they uh, do not know Christ. His heart is breaking. He's full of anguish to the point where Uh, He's willing to give up his own salvation if these people could come to know Jesus. And yet he also talks about how tremendously blessed they are. There's an earlier moment in uh, the letter to the Romans. We we started about chapter 6, as you may recall, and I think this comes earlier in, in one of the first three chapters. Uh, where he is talking about this, and he asks a rhetorical question. Uh, And the question he asks rhetorically is, what advantage is there in being a Jew? And we, with our modern kind of sensibilities and with our modern understanding of identity in Christ and all of that, might assume that the answer was going to be none, right? That it's uh, something more along the lines of, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and therefore we're all kind of equal, and there is no advantage. But that's not actually what he says. He asks that question, what advantage is there in being a Jew? And his answer is, much in every way. And he begins to list out the blessings that they have received from God as a people. And he continues that here in verse 4. He says theirs is the adoption to sonship. Theirs is the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs. 
And from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. The Apostle Paul is showing that they have been God's people. They have been God's people. And they have been a part of God's plan to bring salvation to the world throughout history. That they have received, uh, you know, things like the prophets who brought them the word of God. That they received the law that laid the foundation by which we knew uh, that we would need the gospel. They received um, the promise of God given to Abraham. And they, out of them, out of their people, came the Messiah, who is God over all. That is an amazing thing to be able to say about them. That is an amazing blessing that God had given to them. But the Apostle Paul is quick to point out that what really made them God's children, what really made them God's people, was not their human ancestry, but was the fact that they believed the promise. He calls them children of the promise. And we have that same promise. We have the promise of salvation and eternal life that comes from God, that he worked through the Messiah who is Jesus Christ. And so if they were children of the promise because they believed the promise of God, then we too are children of the promise because we also believe the promise of God. And so we are united with them in that. We are the people of God, just as they were the people of God in the Old Testament times. Just as anyone today is the people of God when they believe the promise of God. Uh, The Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, Nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is who we are. This is our identity. And when we realize that, when we recognize that, when we trust in that, we realize we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. Which means that not only is our faith not about just meeting our needs, but that it's also about meeting the needs of others, that it's also about serving others, that it's also about engaging the world around us. But it also means we are a part of God's kingdom, that we are a part of the plan that he has worked from the beginning of time, that we have salvation because of that, that we have hope because of that, that we have comfort because of that. Because we do not have to worry. Because we can find healing when we are sick. This is what it means for us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, something outside of ourselves, that it calls us outside of ourselves. 
and into God's grace in his kingdom. And in his name, amen.